The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? Hey there, Mitch. This week on the show, we'll be talking a little bit about the upcoming schedule. We're nearing the end of the first half of the season. After that, we'll talk about this week's games and then finish up the show by previewing this week's games. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. Shout outs are in order for our bet question from last week. We asked how many points Mikhail Bridges would score against the Pelicans. I said eight. Charlie said more than that. Mikhail had six. So I won that one. And shout out to Comic Evangelist on Twitter, friend of the show. He got six points right on the dot, so he wins. Good job. Shout out to Comic Evangelist. Follow him on Twitter. Good guy for sure. All right. We are nearing the end of the first half of the NBA season, the shortened NBA season. And as of right now, there's just two weeks of games scheduled left for us on our on our schedule. Um, we have one that's going to be made up, one that we missed a couple weeks back against the Warriors. That one will be made up March 4th, and that's a home game. So there's one made up out of the three we missed. So we still have a, a little bit to learn, and we're just kind of all anxious to see who's on the schedule for the second half. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I still don't really know how this is going to work because we have the all-star game that we don't know exactly how that's going to work yet either. But that's going to be in there somewhere. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about it because it was just Valentine's Day a couple of weeks ago. And normally that's when All-Star Weekend is. And this year, Valentine's Day was uninterrupted, which worked out pretty well, <laughs> I will say. But, yeah, I don't know what the All-Star game is going to look like or how long the break will be or anything like that. We just haven't heard a whole lot about this. Yep, and it's a little surprising and... Just, you know, we have a couple more games to be made up. You'd hate to see that get pushed too far in, so we hope we see those, you know, get put on the schedule sooner than later. And, man, yeah, it's we're just in an interesting place. We've never had this before. We, we know that, like, we play the Lakers for the first time this season coming up in a, less than two weeks here. So that means we'll have them plenty in the second half. And there's just going to be a lot of lot of pieces that need to get lined up. So I guess shout out to the schedule makers because this might be this might be rough for the second half. Yeah, it's definitely going to be tricky. I remember seeing a video a couple years back about how they make the NBA schedule and how they have to coordinate around all kinds of stuff like teams that have hockey in the same arena 
March Madness, for instance, in the sites where where March Madness happens in the NBA arenas, and then things like the rodeo or Disney on Ice or concerts or whatever. Um, and it was really interesting. It's quite the process. That reminds me of the Spurs big road trip they do every year due to the big rodeo situation down right. there. I don't know when that is or how, is that going to come into effect this year? Yeah, I don't even I'm know. I'm not sure. I don't know. But yeah, there's a lot of things that go into it. But, you know, if you think about the NBA and an NBA schedule, you're going to be playing, you know, every team in the league a few times, depending on the conference. And think how different that is compared to the NFL. Imagine if the NFL knew the first half of their schedule, but not the second half. Because <laughs> those guys got to, you know, you can prepare pretty pretty hard from week to week in the NFL compared to NBA. Yeah. You got three games this week against who knows who all across the country. I mean, there's so many other things that go into that. So it, I guess uh, it's good that it happens in the NBA because these guys can, you know, more or less be ready to play anybody day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more of the ability to adjust on the fly. All right. Let's talk about last week's games. We got three on tap here. The Suns went two and one over the stretch. And sadly, we have to start off with a pretty rough loss against the Brooklyn Nets. Final score, 128 to 124. And the Suns looked in charge for the majority of this game, well, the first half of this game. And then in the second half, we were outscored 74 to 49. Just a, it, it was tough watching the team just not be able to buy a bucket in that whole fourth quarter and just watch that lead get chipped away and chipped away and chipped away until it was gone. And then there was no time left to even try to get it back. Yeah, we just went so cold in the fourth quarter. And uh, overall, I'm not, like, super upset about this. We could have won this game. We we really did. We led until the last minute of the game. Uh, and, yeah, you got to play all 48, no question. But when when you let the Brooklyn Nets score 40 points in the fourth quarter, you're not going to win. So it's, yeah, it just didn't work out that well. We couldn't guard James Harden and Kyrie and Kevin Durant were both out in this game. So that's kind of even more of a blow, but still the Nets are a good team. Even without those two, the Nets are like really, really, really good overall. When you have everyone healthy, they're going to be tough to beat, but I think we still played a good game overall. I mean, we had a 42-point second quarter, and I I just don't really think that's that sustainable. You're not going to score over 40 points in many quarters, period. So I'm not super upset about this. I think I would be upset if this were a game against, like, I don't know, the Pelicans or the Grizzlies or the Hornets or the Bulls or the Wolves, like these games that we have coming up. It's the Nets. They're very good it's going to happen sometimes. Right. It seems like the guys got a little complacent in this one after holding a pretty nice lead for the majority of that first half. And then, you know, and we did a pretty good job locking up Harden earlier on in the game. And he really got going towards the end and especially the fourth. And a lot of that came off us just always switching and put and getting a eight and put on Harden. And that's where he was really, that's where they put the game away on us. And we we didn't seem like we tried to do anything to stop the switch from happening. And props to Aiton. He's normally a solid defender on the perimeter, but 
he was not staying in front of Harden. And it was just kind of tough to watch the game go like that at the very end. Yeah, it was. Well, and I think a lot of guys stepped up who normally don't for the Nets. Tyler Johnson has 17 points. Jeff Green has 18. Landry Shamit has 13. Like, that's not going to help anything either. Right, and we can't even call Tyler Johnson Moe's anymore because he grew out the hair. He doesn't look like yeah. Moe's anymore. No. It's, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of a bummer. I liked calling him Moe's. But, yeah, and I know the, the players were pretty upset about this loss. I know Jay Crowder called it disgusting. Wow, I didn't see that. Yeah, oh, yeah. He said it was I a like, disgusting loss. I like that. I hope mm-hmm. that left a bad taste in their mouth. And you know what? It did. Because we move on to the Pelicans game, and wow, this this one was uh, pretty tight at the beginning, and then all of a sudden, fourth quarter, you know that we're not gonna forget. That was a 41 to 12 difference in the fourth quarter. That's a, a franchise best fourth quarter performance ever. And then keep in mind, this is the game after, like we just said. After we got trashed by the Nets in the fourth, 40 to 24, then we turn it around and then go 41 to 12 over the Pelicans in this one. And this one, it felt good, felt like a little redemption from blowing it the previous game. And it comes against a solid Pelicans team who's playing a lot better lately. Yes, no Steven Adams definitely helped, but we take the season series 2 1. That's big. Any team in the West. You gotta at least have it be two-one when we're looking at the playoff race and everything like that. So, yeah, I was really happy with this, especially that fourth quarter. And you know, we we were kind of joking about it, you know, saying, "Oh, this isn't gonna be good. This is gonna be like the last Pelicans game. They're gonna keep taking all the momentum, and it's not even gonna be worth watching." But you know, we stuck around, and it. it Thankfully, we were wrong. It was a great fourth quarter, and we nailed a ton of threes. We tied the franchise record in this game at 22 made threes, which is great. Aiton was able to do his thing. He had 16 rebounds. I know he's trying to get 20 rebounds in a game, and he's getting close. He had 16 in this one. And Chris Paul, also, 19 assists. And you would have never known. I had no idea... He had 19 assists until the end of the game. Yeah, 19. I was hoping for 20, but we we took him out because we got up so big at the end. You know, maybe he plays the, those last two minutes or whatever he set out. Maybe he gets that last assist, but that those stats don't matter. We're trying to pile up wins, and that's what we got. And, yeah, just right. fantastic stuff. And shout out Frank Kaminsky. We're undefeated when he starts, and we play him an odd amount of minutes what you'd consider a starter. Like in this game, he only played 16 minutes, but in his 16 minutes, he scored 17 points, grabbed two, two rebounds. He was five for six from downtown. And <laughs> it's, it's wild, man. <laughs> Frank just comes in and he, he makes the right decisions. If he's open, he's going to put it up. And man, he's shooting near 40% from three this year. It's, yeah, it's great. It, it's a, it's a perfect combination. And then, and then when the Frank matchups, you know, start to go in the other team's favor, that's fine because we have Dario back now. We can toss in Dario. We've seen the team start running uh, alongside, you know, Aiton and Frank starting together, obviously, but then we've seen Saric come in for Kaminsky, and we've seen a little more Aiton and Saric. 
And it just seems like all these lineups that we've been maybe complaining about a little that we've seen from Monty, they're all starting to gel. Things are getting figured out. We know who works well with who and et cetera. Yeah, we're starting to click, and it's great. And you can see this in the plus-minus, too. Aiton and Chris Paul, both plus 20 in this game. That's oh. awesome. Yeah, that's that's so great. And then Jay Crowder had 20 points, and he was plus 29. Jay Crowder has been such a great addition to this team. Oh, yeah. Six for eight from downtown for Crowder in this one, plus 29, like you said. And then another guy off our bench, Cam Johnson, plus 19 overall in this game, 13 points. And that's why Kaminsky only plays 16 minutes, because those two guys come in off the bench who also play power forward and they're doing well enough to, you know, they have Monty's confidence that he wants to leave them in the game late. Sorry, Frank. I mean, you didn't do anything wrong, buddy, but this works right now. And Frank's a guy that can take that. I don't think that's, that's going right. to chip at his ego or anything. He's just happy to be here. Probably ecstatic mm-hmm. to be starting, honestly. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You like getting your name called and running through the tunnel at the beginning of the game? Of course, man. Right, Frank, right. Frank's got to just be eating it up. I'm, I'm happy for him and Oh, yeah. He's repaying us Suns fans and the team. He's doing great. He is. He is. Yeah. And I also think back to the beginning of the season. I listened to, I think it was the State of the Suns thing that they do at the beginning of every season. And it was all virtual this year. And I was listening to it. And it was Chris Paul and Devin Booker were talking about uh, recruiting Jay, Jay Crowder. And Chris Paul said he didn't want to do any recruiting when he came to Phoenix. He told James Jones, like, I'm coming, but I'm not going to I'm not going to have those meetings. I don't want to do this. And then he said, oh, but I had to call Jay Crowder. I had to. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so glad he did because he's been such a great addition. Yep. You know, just uh, our starting point guard head of the Players Association, and, you know, one of the best free agent recruiters in the game, apparently. So you got to make him do it all. You might as well. Right. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. I also think it's pretty cool that we we still won this game, even though the Pelicans played decently well. Like, Lonzo Ball had a good game. He He had had a great game. Yeah, 21 points, 12 assists, and he hit six threes. I mean, that's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, Lonzo, yeah, Lonzo's really shooting it well this year. He, he was 6 for 12 from downtown. He he put plenty up, but he, he earned it, you know, 12 assists too. And he played good defense on Booker too. That's a fun matchup. I like, yes. I like when Lonzo guards Booker because Lonzo's an athletic guy. They're just about the same size. I think they mentioned that on the broadcast. So that's just a fun, a fun matchup to watch. And it'll be yeah. interesting seeing where Lonzo goes in the future. I think he's a... He's a free agent this year, and who knows what the Pelicans want to do. Yeah, he's pretty good. And then Brandon Ingram had 25. Zion had 23. The guys who you expect to score scored. Those are those three together, they're actually not bad to watch. If they weren't playing us, I kind of like that team. Yeah, I don't I don't they're mind fun. it either. I don't at all. They're they get explosive and I mean Zion's a blast to watch and then you got Lonzo looking for him all the time. And then Ingram can kind of take over and he can get a shot up over everybody if he's hot. They're that's a solid team. Yeah, it is. You know what's curious though about them? Zion eight for eleven from the floor, twenty three points. Why only eleven shots? Yeah. Eight in factor? 
Aiden staying in his I, way yeah, enough? Could that be Aiden, it? Aiden was part of it, I think. Brandon Ingram, I think it's what you're saying. Ingram tried to take over. He shot 20 times, you know, 10 yeah. for 20, which is a good percentage, really, 50% from the floor. You can't ask for much more than that. I mean, I guess you can, but 50% is good. Uh, but I wonder, you know, if, if you give Zion some more of those shots or Lonzo also shot the ball 13 times and he hit six threes, but he didn't hit anything other than those shots. So I imagine, I mean, he was six or 12 from three. I imagine if he passes a couple of those up and hits Zion a couple more times, it might look a little different, but. How weird is it that Lonzo takes 13 shots in a game and only one of them is in a three? Yeah. Isn't that that really just weird. seems so wild. That's, that's and the new his, basketball, though, I right, guess. Either a layup shoot. or a three, and I guess the layups weren't there. Yeah, and his form looks way better. Like, remember when he came into the league and he was doing the whole, like, it's almost like when a little kid shoots the ball and puts both hands and puts their elbows way out and shoots from the chest. That's what it was like at first. Yeah, it's getting a little better. I can still see that it's it's coming up. He crosses it over his face, so he shoots it yeah. from, like, the left side as a right-handed shooter. That's, that's still weird, but... It is. I mean, it's at this point, if, if you can get him shooting all right, I don't know what he's shooting from the line on the year, but uh, can you even mess with it at this point? Right, right. But, yeah, it's just weird to think that Lonzo Ball shoot, shoots 12 threes in a game and makes half of them, and it's like, yeah, he had a good game. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's weird. Weird to think about. But weird. Yeah, this was a very good win. I think it was one of those things that we had just lost to the Nets in that game that we really probably shouldn't have lost. And then we go in, and we're down 11 at the end of the third quarter. And it's like, okay, well, I guess two in a row. But no, we turn it around and get back on track. It was great. Yeah, and last week on the show, I kind of had my eye on this game because the Pelicans sort of embarrassed us in our second matchup on the season. So I was looking at this one saying, I we can't we can't get blown out of the gym again against these guys if we want to consider ourselves a real playoff team. Which, by the way, I've decided I'm not calling us a potential playoff team anymore. It's we're just a playoff team. I've after these two wins, I, I kind of feel that way. Yes. So I'm no more potential crap. I'm just gonna say we're a playoff team, and we'll move on to this Grizzlies game, 128 to 97. They were a little short-handed, but that was it was a spanking. And there were some records that we need to talk about in this one. Franchise record after tying it the previous game, we make 24 three-pointers in this one to break our franchise record. 24 for 46. That's 52 <laughs> percent. That's and it, it feels bad coming against a team that was short-handed too, because man, that that, that just kind of added up on them. We were up 30. It just seemed like this entire game, which is great. We we deserve that. We <laughs> Suns fans deserve that. Yes, and we then do. An, another another thing that needs to be noted: Chris Paul moves it into sixth all-time for career assists with 9,891. I believe it's Magic Johnson next on track. Yeah, just past Oscar Robertson. The big O. So Magic has 10,141. So uh, that's that's quite a few, but I think Chris will get it. I think he's going to get him. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But it, it was pretty awesome. And, well, 
I was like, well, maybe he'll break it in the Pelicans game. He only needed, I think, four more after getting 19. Right. So, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And, yeah, he got six assists. He got more than he needed. And, yeah, that was a cool moment for sure. And otherwise, Devin Booker leads the way for us with 23 points. And then we have three guys with 19 points in this one. Uh, Mikhail Bridges' bounce-back game. He's been struggling offensively a little bit lately. He had 19, six boards. Then we got... Saric off the bench with 19, who just played a really nice all-around game. We'll talk about him a little bit more, too. And then Campaign off the bench, 19 points, plus 18 overall, 7 assists. Just had it going, 5 for 7 from downtown. One more note, the point guard output in this game. Chris Paul with 16 and 6, Campaign with 19 and 7. I mean, that's a good way to fill the 48 minutes that we need a point guard in there. Those guys did work, and that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, I mean, this game, now the Grizzlies were without a lot, so I, I felt a little bad for them. But it's like you said, we deserve this. We've been on the opposite end of this so many times, and I think going into this game, I was a little worried that we were going to roll over, play down to the level of our competition. We've seen this a little bit, but it's like we said earlier, things are clicking and Mikhail Bridges getting back on track. He missed one shot. He was six for seven from the floor, four for five from three. He looked great. Him and Frank still have great chemistry. It's kind of weird, but I love it. (laughs) That's like this team overall. This team is kind of weird, and I love it. Uh, But yeah, breaking the records is cool. Still had to shut down Ja Morant and Jonas Valanciunas, and we did. Even though Aiton had a weird game, 7.6 assists, or 6 rebounds, 3 for 7 shooting, whatever. We won by 30. Did you happen to see how much our guys were on Aiton this whole game? Yeah, just yelling at him left. There was a a play where Booker got kind of stuck just outside the block on the left side of the rim. And then Aiton was on the opposite side of the rim, kind of getting boxed out, not really trying to get into the lane. Booker was trying to find an outlet, and he ended up just kind of lofting it way over the rim. Aiton caught it, but I can't remember how the play even ended. But as the play's dead, Booker is yelling at Aiton, stand right here, right here. And he's pointing in the middle of the lane. Get right here. That's an assist. And, like, you heard it clear as day because there's no one in the arena right and i saw that i saw chris getting on him numerous times which always happens and then defensively mikhail gets on Aiden. if if mikhail gets wronged in the defensive game because of Aiden, he's gonna let him know mikhail's like hey I, i'm doing everything right man i can't pass him back to you and then let my guys score that sucks you got to step right. it up and right. i love it and what's gonna change him like is you can't yeah. just let them let them go by. They're on him all night, and yeah, and it might take a while, but he's gonna turn into something special. And right. it's gonna it's, it's gonna happen this year if we want to be a playoff right. team and make a run. Aiton's got to be the guy that comes to life at some point. Yeah, I agree. And he even said he likes the the notes. He likes. I don't want to say he likes being yelled at, but you know they've asked him. 
they're on you all the time. Chris Paul, and he said he likes it because that's what makes him a better player. And I think that's a very good attitude to have because he needs it, definitely. And you could see him slip back into some of his old bad habits. Getting right at the rim and not dunking the ball, just trying to lay it in, and it just sits on the rim and falls out. Like You got to dunk every time you can, basically. And yep. Yeah, just he fell into some of his old bad habits and he definitely heard about it. So, yeah, yep. it's I mean, he's going to have games like this and luckily it didn't matter in this one, but I'm sure they're going to continue to chew him out and Oh yeah, and it'll, even it'll when, pay off. And even when he got taken out towards the end with all the starters, uh Chris Paul was standing next to him, talking to him though for minutes as until the game ended it was mm-hmm. i just love being able to watch the bench and see those interactions go down because man these guys care like what what else is on their mind chris paul and devin booker what's on their right. mind winning basketball state games. farm <laughs> <laughs> winning basketball games and that state farm money baby that's what yeah devin's like hey i want to be the i want to be like the fake jake you know yeah. the fake chris yeah. paul booker would uh-huh. be a good fake jake Kendall Jenner, that's also on those two's minds. Well, hopefully just one of their minds. Yeah, Booker's mind. She was there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was at one of these games during this homestand. I saw a cool little bit about that on Twitter, I think. Yeah. There's four bros at the game. That, that's what I saw. Yeah. yeah, they're sitting there, you know, everything's all spread out. And then they must have asked, and they were looking around for someone to take a picture of them. And then at the very top row of the 100 section... It's Kendall, right? I still messed that up. Kendall Jenner (laughs) sitting there, and she takes a picture for him, and then they turn around and take a picture of her waving. Like, she's just chilling there at the – like, she's not in a box or anything. That was surprising to me. It's kind of cool. Kind of weird, kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Whatever. It's it's just this new era of Suns basketball. We've never really had to deal with this where our players date big-time celebrities and – like, I see these State Farm commercials with Chris Paul, and I'm like, yeah, he plays for the Suns. That's the Suns point guard. Yeah, it's crazy like, seeing those while we're playing, too. Yeah, like, yeah. They switch to a State Farm commercial. Oh, there's Chris Paul again. And then we go right. back to the game, and Chris Paul's, you know, there dropping 19 assists. Right. It's like, I feel like normally when we see Suns players in commercials, it's like Dan Marley doing the commercial for Swartz Laser Eye Center. Or, Sir Charles Chicken Pasta. How about a salad? <laughs> or Shane Doan is in that Chaz Roberts <laughs> commercial. <laughs> These local commercials. They're, yeah, his daughter. Uh, no. Uh, and, no. Okay, let me throw this out there for people who watch locally on Fox Sports. I have a theory about this commercial with Shane Doan and his daughter. In the commercial, the daughter has a friend who stands next to her, and she doesn't say anything. She just looks kind of, like, confused the whole time. I don't think she's actually there. I think she is, like, CGI'd into the commercial, like, in season four of Arrested Development on Netflix. (laughs) So, anyone... (laughs) What? (laughs) I've seen the commercial so many times that when I watch it, I'm like, she's not there. Like, they filmed that separately and then superimposed it into the room. Like, I really don't think she's there. So if anyone can confirm this, that'd be great. But any people who watch locally on Fox Sports Arizona and know what commercial I'm talking about, let me know if you agree. Mitch, why would they do that? (laughs) I don't know. 
Why would they I don't do know. That? Maybe it's stock footage. They didn't want to pay another actress. Really? <laughs> Watch it closely. Watch that commercial I'm closely. Gonna. I'm telling you, it's she's not actually in that room. We need to get like those the investigators on Reddit to like <laughs> zoom in on it and see if they can find any pixelation in the background to see if there was maybe a green screen at some point. Right. You know, they could maybe figure that out. Yeah. But that's that's pretty wild, Mitch. I don't I'm know, man. Convinced. I'm pretty convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, right. you see the same commercials over and over and over again. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look into that a little closer next time, just, just for you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, next week's games, we have four of them on the docket: uh, Blazers, Hornets, Bulls, and Wolves. And this first one, which is probably going to be the, you know, the most exciting one, the one that everyone has their eyes on, is against the Blazers. And sadly, this is the day our episode comes out. So previewing it won't do much because you might not hear it until the game's over anyways. But this one is, this is where all the hype is this week. I'm ready for the Suns versus Lillard for sure. Right. And I'll, I don't want to go too far into it either because we'll just see what happens. This is a big game, though. These games against the Blazers this season are going to be huge. Right now, we're fourth in the standings, and they're half a game back. This basically counts as two games for the playoff race. Yeah. So winning this will be big. And this is our first matchup against them this year, yeah, right? We haven't, we haven't matched played up. them yet. All right, and similar to the Lakers, too. We have them the next right, week. So right. we still haven't seen some of the, the best the West has to offer yet. That's right. And the box, the box score from their last game is wild. They score like less than 20 points when Damian Lillard doesn't play basically. Like I forget who they played, but it was, they scored 40 points or something in the first quarter where he played the whole time. The second quarter, they scored like 15 points or something like that. And he sat the whole quarter. Then the third quarter, they scored 36 or 38 or something, and Lillard played the whole time. And then the the fourth quarter, they scored less, where he sat for a little bit. Damian Lillard is so good, and it's criminal that he's not an all-star starter. I was just going to say that. He got robbed again, you know? I cannot believe Luka is an all-star starter. I can believe it, because we all know that, and we don't need to talk about it, but Lillard should be the starter in that spot. Totally agree. I'm a little anxious to see how that the the West roster gets filled out because we're not getting both CP3 and Book in there, but man, we better get one. We better get one. Who, in your heart, who do you who would you want, Book or CP3? They both deserve it, but who I want, Booker. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. We got to do that. He's the he's our he's our boy. Yeah, he is. We, we he's still my favorite him. player. He's still. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, Chris Paul though, it's uh oh, I've I've been saying this for a long time as a sports fan, like, man, I hate that guy, but I wish he was on the Suns and I'd love him. And this yep. it it came true with Chris Paul. Man. Mm. Just a joy. All right. He's close. All right, moving on. Hornets game Wednesday. That question here, right? Yes. So we're going to do something a little bit different here. We've done this maybe once or twice in the past, but we're going to do an over under on this. So tweet at us at Sunny and PHX Pod. Let us know if you think the Suns will be over or under 20 and a half threes in this game. So I averaged the number of threes we've made in the last three games, and it's like 
20.66 repeating, you know? So I just said 20 and a half. That's the line. So will we make more than 20 or less than 20 threes in this game? Let us know. But between the two of us, what do you think? Over uh, 20 and a half. I don't like doing it, but I'm going to go under. We've been lights out lately. It's kind of tough to not do it. I mean, if I were putting the real dough down, it'd definitely be under. But Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to do it. And both of these huge three-point shooting games against the Pelicans and Grizzlies were both on the road. Surprising. Not even on the home court. Yeah. And this one is at home. Not saying that we should shoot worse at home, but that's where that's where my wager lays. I'll I'll take the under. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'll take the over just to be different. I think you're probably right. I'd love to see us make 21 or more threes and keep the hot shooting going, but yeah, I don't think it's super likely. But I, I'm happy to be the optimist and take the over. Yep. I'll if I lose this one, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> But the Hornets are a fun team. Uh, LaMelo Ball has been really, really uh, just a, a great watch in the NBA just yeah. for basketball fans. Watch him play. He's, he's exciting. And then his connection with Miles Bridges, that's that's pretty wild. And they got Gordon Hayward. They're just a, a team with some – no one really expected them to be solid, but they're solid. Yeah, Terry Rozier has been great. Right. He's had – 35 36 37 points in the last i think four games or so he's had over 30 so yeah terry rogier is coming on and they're a fun young team they remind me a little bit of like how the suns were maybe last season yeah kind of similar so i see that yeah i i kind of like them i love their uniforms uh, they're fun to watch. I don't think they're amazing or anything, but they're pretty good. So uh, this will be a good one. Yep. That's a team where, you know, they've been kind of in the dumps lately. And I find myself rooting for teams like that because mm-hmm. who likes seeing the, you know, the Lakers at the top every single year, whoever it's going to be. Right. Get some fresh blood in there. Like the Suns will be fresh blood in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Friday, 6 p.m., Suns head to Chicago to play the Bulls. And Zach Levine just playing great yeah. ball this year. I, I wonder how much uh, Booker versus Levine we get. Probably not a ton because it'll be Levine versus Bridges. But uh, he's right. he's been playing great basketball, and Bulls are an interesting team overall. Yeah. I, I mean, this should be an easy win for us. Zach Levine's good. We just got to focus on him. Yeah, that's all I got. You know what? Kobe White, I've, I really like the Twitter. Uh, it's NBA underscore math. I yeah. think it is where they show the total points allowed, total points, all that stuff. Yeah. And they, they showed one of second-year players where Cam Johnson is, I'd say, above average on the list compared to everybody. And then in the very the bottom left quadrant of the graph is Kobe White just sitting there. And it, yeah. it, it makes me flash back to this, the draft night, where he loses his mind when he finds out that Cam Johnson got drafted 11, which it was surprising. But I think it was too much, man. If I were Cam, I would have been a little offended by that. I can't remember if I've talked on the show about this, but yeah. it, it just seemed like a little too much. Even if they're bros, I mean, be happy for your guy, but don't make it seem so shocking. Like, if you love him that much and think he's such a good player, why are you so shocked? Right. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I forget that those two played together at North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's it's interesting, and um, I I thought Kobe White was gonna be pretty good. <laughs> um, hey, there's he's still, still good. There's still, there's still plenty, plenty of, time. of time. Yeah, there is, and yeah, I I just thought he would be good kind of early on. I I I remember I thought the same thing about Colin Sexton, and he's good now. Like he's not right. quite as good as I expected him to be. I thought he'd be a bit better, but I thought Colin Sexton was just gonna be like great from the start. Hmm. Um, and I, I guess I kind of thought the same thing about Kobe White. Maybe not to the same extent as Sexton, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I have a little bit of a type when it comes to these like college point guards. I see these guys who do stuff like those two, and I'm like, yeah, that's good. And like, but they become average players. <laughs> yeah, who like, who knows, man? If you if you could call everyone, you'd be a very high paid scout in the NBA right, right now. So that's true. who knows? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we wrap the week up with a game in Minnesota against the Wolves. That's Sunday at 7, round out the week, hopefully with a big win over the the worst team in the West by far. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad for them. Like, after everything Towns has been through with COVID, yeah. and then for Rubio to go back there and just be on a team that sucks again. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't even start some of the time. Like, yeah, yeah, I, man, I really feel for Rubio. I still love Rubio. Yep. I, I love Ricky too. And they're, you know, they've been through some stuff, the wolves and they're, they're just, I think Edwards is starting to get things figured out a little he bit is. more, really yeah. slow start to the season. I think they finally have him in the starting lineup and I'm not sure if that's a hundred percent injuries or if they're just trying new things, but I don't yeah. know. Ricky, Ricky's been starting. He put up a solid game the other day and, Ah, it's it's tough because like, you know, I'm a I'm a Midwest guy, so the Wolves have a little spot in my heart, but I'm glad it's them down at the bottom and not us. Finally, I guess I can say yes, that. yes, definitely. And oh, I just hope they don't wear neon green jerseys. Oh, those I things are those. horrible. Those are the worst. Yeah, I know I like a lot it, of people. The accent them. color is cool. Like, do yeah. it for an accent color. That's the little fine. stripes on those blue jerseys. That's sharp. That's yeah. cool. Whatever. But the the full lime green are they still doing that this year? I haven't. Seen I don't know. I don't know if they are, but I just hope they're not. It's hard to watch with those no, they, things on. The ones that they the Prince shout out ones when they were purple. That those was, are sweet. They need to rock those full yeah. time. Go full. Oh time. yeah, I love those. Those are great uniforms. Yeah. All right, and with that, we will move it on to the non-sports section of the show. This week's question, I actually did not come up with, I will say. I was still going to intro it, but I didn't come up with it. The question is, do you believe in ghosts, and why or why not? All right. So this was a, a dinner topic. We were with some uh, relatives the, last night, and we, were, we this came up. It was kind of funny talking about it. but um, Heard some interesting ghost stories, but I myself... I've never experienced anything like that, so I have to say that no, I don't believe in ghosts. And I've I've given myself the opportunity, like I've done the, we were in Savannah, Georgia once for a buddy's wedding. We did the haunted pub crawl, and then we went, you know, we we walked through these cemeteries that were ancient compared to you know most stuff that us Westerners see around the the states. But I mean, mm-hmm. like a really old that type of stuff, and I was. I let myself be like, okay, if if something happens, man, whatever, maybe it is real. 
and we did that whole thing. I even didn't get I didn't even get too drunk because I was like, let's see what's going on here. We were on a pub crawl. I was keeping it light though. Mm-hmm. And nothing ever happened. And I I just I thought if I was gonna feel something, this was this was gonna be it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. So from now on, I guess I'll just continue to give my wife crap for watching Ghost Hunters on Discovery Channel. <laughs> I think that's that's about it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say I have never had like an encounter with a ghost either. I've the closest thing I've gotten to that is I've had some very strange dreams about that or like relatives who have died. I've had some dreams like that, but I I'm, I'm not gonna go to the extent of saying like I've seen a ghost or anything like that. I haven't, and I've been on tours like that. I remember when I was younger, we went to Washington D.C. for like a school trip and. We did one of those ghost tours and you go to all these old buildings and they talk about, you know, so-and-so died here, whatever. And the cemeteries, the military cemeteries, I've been to some of that. And it's very interesting history, no doubt. Um, My sister actually went to college at the Catholic University of America in D.C. And the room where the events from the exorcist movie took place is actually on campus. I've seen the room. I haven't been in it or anything, but she's told some interesting stories about that room about it's like super locked down. You can't go in. There's only a few people who have like permission to go in. Um, it's, it's pretty wild. So like, I, I haven't seen any of that stuff, but I definitely believe in it. Um, this is kind of how I look at it, though. There's a, I, I'm a big horror movie fan, and the the Warrens uh, from The Conjuring, that movie, um, they were real people, and they were actually, uh, I believe, the only lay people who were able to do exorcisms and that kind of thing, that like the Vatican allowed them to do that. Um, and I read a book that was written about them. Um, and Ed Warren said something along the lines of like, all of this stuff is real, but it's as rare as it is real. So that's how I kind of look at it. Like it's real, but it's not something that you're just going to walk down the street and experience one day. You know, it's pretty, pretty rare. And I think about shows like ghost hunters and I always like those kind of shows too, but I remember that show in particular, the, uh, the hosts were plumbers too. And so they would go in and a lot of times I'd watch that show and they'd make it all dramatic. But then at the end they'd say, well, we didn't find any ghosts, but this was leaking and this pipe wasn't bolted down correctly. So whenever you flush the toilet, it would shake or whatever. And so they're <laughs> like, well, we bolted this down and then we replaced this piece or whatever. And I'm like, that's what pretty much every episode turned into. That's awesome. Two yeah. for one deal, man. Right. Like, right. If there's ghosts, we're going to find them. If there's plumbing issues, we're going to find them too. Either way, we're going to send you a bill. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so but that's where i stand on it it's real but i've never had an experience or anything like that yeah and you know what uh, this may have been a boring non-sports plug segment but we're not gonna bs you i'm not gonna no. make up a ghost story for you i'm sorry right sorry to be lame <laughs> i'm a skeptic what can i say no i i one thing though i think if you're trying to find it like you kind of said it's as rare as it is you know I think if you're looking for it, you're less likely to find it. And that's why right. I kind of 
kind of laugh at all the shows on TV because I don't know. Yeah. 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 All right. Man. That's about enough ghost talk for me. You too? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, we thank you guys for tuning in this week. Some great Suns basketball is going on. We're a playoff team. It's not potential anymore. I'm calling it. We are a playoff team. So tune back in next week. We'll break down some games. We'll preview some games. We'll just talk some Suns. Thanks for tuning in, and go Suns. I'm afraid of no good.